since we're rolling then um yeah let's talk about new york what happened and uh what's up with this drama that you're involved in oh all right so i uh, had a great time in new york got to bring the, the whole family um we uh i was uh, a little under the weather <laughs> so i uh ran walk it walked it with my uh my good friend uh, robert perez um he is an absolute beast this man drank at like i think eight beers <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe not full beers because eventually it was like I, I could run for a little bit but once i the sickness really started catching up we had to walk and so you know he was like looking for anyone that was a sign like beer he yeah he, so i would say caveat he probably it probably was only more like four full ones because it was like people were giving like little glasses but he would just ask you know can i have a full one and he i watched him down probably a 16 ouncer in two swallows. I have I have a partial video. He did it so quick. I didn't get the beginning part, but I got the end part. So yeah, um, did it was my my worst marathon. But I also was uh, was pretty was pretty sick and had been sick for a few days before that and after it. So I, I just I had fun. It was a new experience for me uh, in New York because I got to really experience the crowds. When you know normally I'm running like when I qualified for Boston. I don't even hardly remember the race. I don't remember people. I don't remember. I saw pictures afterwards. I was like, oh, oh, I ran right there, did I? <laughs> that's, a, that's a nice area. That would have been nice to like look around. Uh, but yeah, this, this time I actually got to see everything. Um, and um, so uh, there, was a, there was a little uh, an incident that happened uh, after that um, where Strava uh, posted a um, video of this person um, named Latoya Snell, who, uh, has a, has a history of, um, bad behavior in the community. And, you know, it was, it kind of triggered me in for a couple of reasons. First I'm sick. So I'm, I'm, I'm all my, uh, you know, got, got medicine head going on a little bit, but also it's right next to a friends and we'll go into that in a minute, but you know, she, she has this this history, and I, I basically have. I, I didn't talk to her directly. I talked to Strava, so that was the first part. I think you know, Latoya um, has has a pretty bad is a pretty bad actor in the in the running community um, as a whole. Um, she's bullied people. She's bullied uh, you know a high school kid to the brink of suicide, and this is not a person we should be celebrating. And Strava's over here all these amazing stories you could tell in New York and you're like this person who, who walked the whole, the whole thing and didn't do it in the time that it could actually be qualified as an actual finish. So, you know, I don't really know how that goes. That's not really, you know, of my concern, but I really got tired of, of like, of all the stories, this is the one you went with when next, right next to it, you have um, a friend of mine um, named Rob Gar, Robert Gar, who, you know, he, um, helped. So he, he was, he was actually, he won a Strava package to run New York and used also decided he was going to be a guide for a blind runner. And he, you basically, the way this works is you kind of submit, you know, about yourself, what, you know, what your values are, what you, you know, what your, you know, I don't know the whole process, but, but this guy, his name is George. Um, he was going to turn 70 that day, um, picked my friend, Rob Gar, Robert Gar. And, you know, I met, I met George, uh, in that, that morning and, you know, nice guy, real reserved. Um, and you know, he, he, they, they ran, I ran my race, he ran his, and then, you know, we got to talking 
at you know after and he he starts telling me the whole story and it literally brought me to tears i was you know here here you got this guy he's blind he's it's not his first marathon i think it's his fourth um and i don't remember what area he's from but he, he's not from new york i don't think and he's running on his birthday his fourth marathon through new york he wanted to run new york to honor his son who had died from um complications from uh, a certain virus notorious virus I know there's like keywords. I don't want, I don't, I don't know if I should say it or not, <laughs> but, um, that one, you know, the one, you know. so the, the, the son lived in Brooklyn and, um, you know, so it, it just, it touched me that, that he, you know, went and put himself through running a, a marathon to help this guy and, and this per and on top of that, he was a Strava runner this, this year. And that's not a story you're going to tell. You're going to tell this other one, you know? So my, my, the reason I, I brought it up was because, and I brought it up to Strava. I don't really care. I, the, the, we got bad actors in every community. We got bad actors in every sport. You know, the thing is, is we shouldn't be rewarding these people. And when you have a brand like Strava, Hoka is one other one, Trek, um, uh, there, there's, there's some other ones that are rewarding a person because of boxes that they check, um, and not the substance of who they are and what they bring to the community. Uh, that's, I think that's a, a slap in the face to the running community. And so I said, so I called out, I, I had about a three, a three sentence response was basically said, you know, this person, you know, Strava needs to stop supporting this for this, these type of people. This person is a grifter and I'll explain why I called her a grifter. Um, and on top of that, you know, what is Strava's purpose? Strava's main purpose is to track mileage for endurance athletes, right? Well, this person tracked like the previous year and I don't follow, I don't know what she tracked this year. I don't think it was very much, but I know in 2021, it was like, 26 miles for the whole year was tracked on Strava. Now, how, how is, if that's your, if that's your main thing is tracking mileage. Why are you supporting somebody who doesn't use your, even use your service? It seems disingenuous to me. So, so as far as like why I called, why I, why I use the term grifter. Um, so every time, uh, Ms. Snell gets on her Instagram, you know, she's asking for money. She's got some sort of sad story, a new disease, a new this, a new that, you know, and she wants, you know, people to give her money, you know, and in, in one case, she raised a, a good portion. I don't know what the exact amount was, but it was around, it was over 10,000. I believe it was around $20,000 under the guise of um, suing another runner in the community and then not actually bringing on any lawsuit, just pocketing the money and using it for other things, which is the definition of a grift. So that makes you a grifter. Now, um, I had, I, I gotta tell you, I, I, I really thought the, um, the blowback would be big. Um, because you know, this person claims to have a 70,000 person following. Um, but you know, when I looked at, Make sure my laptop stays plugged in. Um, 70,000 person 
uh, Instagram following, but only could get 42 people to watch her live video. That was my first sort of eyebrow because I, I, I do work with, I, I, you know, I, I have a marketing company. So we're well aware of, you know, matrix and stuff like that with social media. So that was my first, like, if you have 70,000 people, this, this feed should have at least, at least 700, about 700 people. If those are, are, those are legit. So that was my first, my first question mark. So then, you know, I, I thought like, okay, so here comes, here comes the drag, right? Like here comes, you know, everybody, you know, everyone's going to come and call me everything under the sun. And it really didn't come. I got to tell you, um, maybe eight to 10 people uh, that, that came and told me what they thought of me, <laughs> accused me of, uh, you know, everything under the sun and, you know, speculated on my motives for doing it instead of what I, what I said. Um, and the opposite was true for the people who supported. I had people, I, all of a sudden, like I had new people following me and some messaging me and saying, Hey, thank you for saying that. Yes, exactly. And I had I had a person who straight up said, Hey, I agree with you, but I was afraid of saying something. And so, you know, I think, you know, fear is, is a big deterrent you know, in telling the truth these days, because the defense for this kind of behavior is to just go on the attack, right? Rather than being on the defense and explaining or, or even saying like, look, if, if, if what I said wasn't true, then why not just explain that and say, oh, you know, Hey, I just sent you a DM. Here's, here's, here's an explanation why I'm not actually what, like that would be the, the proper response. But instead um, the comment I made within, I think about eight to 10 minutes, she went on a live feed for like 35 minutes. Now I thought it was funny. I didn't watch the whole thing. Uh, someone else recorded it and sent it to me. I was just like, I log in at one point, you'll, you might see it. And if, if, um, if it's ever published, you might see where I like, and I basically was there. I, I hear it and I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm not watching this. But I did see one part of it and it is like, oh, the, the fragile part of the internet. And I'm like, I'm the, the fragile part? Small comment, not directed at you. And you talk for 35 minutes about it. Like, I'm not the fragile one here. Like, I'm not the one that's worried about you. Know, Cause I think if, if, if what I said was, was so off base, if someone, someone accuses you of something that's just insane, you just block them and move on. Right. Like, I'm not going to tell you, you know, if I accuse you of murder, you're just going to be like, okay, you're a crazy person. Bye. You're not going to be like, oh, well, let me prove that I'm not a murderer, you know? So, I, I mean, I think more or less like that. So then, so then from there, um, she goes, she starts going after, after some of my ambassadorships and one of them was Brooks. And so I knew as soon as she started tagging Brooks that, uh, I was, uh, I was not going to not going to be on Brooks anymore. Um, they are very heavy into ESG. Um, they're very heavy into their, uh, um, I always forget the name of it. What did we call it? <laughs> uh, oh yeah. Yeah. So we got, so we got, uh, Berkshire Hathaway is they're owned by Berkshire Hathaway. Berkshire Hathaway bought them. I believe I could be wrong about the timeline. Uh, they were basically in bankruptcy in 2000 and you know the last 20 years focused heavily on running and uh, turned around but in the years since there's been this company called blackrock that has risen up that is sort of this um woke uh, holding company that comes in and 
we'll we'll you know invest a few billion dollars in your company. We'll put a bunch of money into a company and then say, okay, so if you want us to keep our money there, you're going to have to do X, Y, and G, uh, X, Y, Z. And, you know, like I, I knew what, what, what I was getting into. I knew Brooks was, was this company. I mean, the, the second town hall we did was, was a, was an HR meeting where they, they bragged about their, their ESG stuff and, you know, all the percentages that come with that and, and, and whatnot. And so I was like, okay. So as soon as they started, I was like, all right, man, so I'm going to, this isn't going to work out. <laughs> and so it didn't. Um, I, I think, I, so I wasn't surprised. Um, what I was surprised about is the unprofessionalness from Brooks themselves. Um, I, I, I feel like, you know, you, you owed some, at least to be on, to be, I mean, I mean, what is it called when you're investigating someone and you never actually contact them? You never let them know what's going on. You never ask for any any insight. You never present, hey, this is what's being said about you. You just, you're only communicating with this person who I've already sent them an email now at this point saying like, okay, here's the stuff. I, here's here's what I said. Here's why I said it. Here's here's showing what this person does on, on a regular basis. For instance, when... Um, Derek from um, Marathon Investigation. Um, somebody obviously had turned had had you know tipped him off about I think some of her claims that she finished a marathon that she didn't or something or maybe she was way behind and they you know cut it off and or, you know diverted her so she could get done quicker and didn't technically go the twenty six point two. You know Derek I think asked asked a question um, via like DM privately. And that set off a firestorm like, and Derek had to, then had to do a write-up, but he wasn't, he actually said he wasn't planning on doing a write-up. He just asked a question, which he does a lot of times and then decides, you know, this isn't really newsworthy because no one is really being hurt by, you know, for instance, a really slow runner getting, getting a medal, maybe that they, they, they didn't, right. They didn't go the whole, whole 26, you know, it, it it's a big deal when, Somebody, you know, bib, you know, mules bibs or, you know, cuts the course or, or things like that. And it, it boxes someone else that actually earned it out of like Boston. Like that's, that someone had actually hurt in that. So he, he wasn't gonna, he wasn't really planning on doing, a, um, a run or a, a write-up on, on Latoya, but then had to, because she made it a huge thing and went at him. So the minute she feels threatened, her move is go at the person. And so I kind of was aware of this when it happened and I uh, was kind of shocked at how weak the, um, the backlash was. So, you know, I, I decided since she continues to talk about me that I will make a, I'll just do a quick response. And I, I kind of did it off the cuff that day um, and just kind of explained it. And I had I had people like, well, it's too late now. And I'm like, I'm not apologizing. I'm just explaining, you know, the context of why I did what I did. And, you know, I did say, you know, a normal circumstance, I probably, if I wasn't sick, I probably wouldn't have responded. And I, and it was funny how somebody, you know, had people go like, well, now you're just trying to basically use the, like, I think it was Roseanne Barr who said, you know, like I was ambient. And I was like, no, 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 no. I didn't say, I didn't say that, that, you know, having taking cold medicine made me say something that I regret it that I said anything at all was, was what the cold medicine did. <laughs> like I was just in not feeling great, you know, kind of, kind of mad that, that Strava, 
is over here, you know, boosting this person who doesn't deserve it up and ignoring really good people that are right under their nose and that they're half, half sharing. I mean, you know, that, that I think is a, a, an injustice in our community. You know, the running community is, you know, I, I love everyone. I love how inclusive the running community is, how you can do this, you know, regardless of what shape you're in, what age you're in. I mean, we have a sport where it's running, but you, you can even do it if you don't have legs. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like running meets you where you are at. And I think that's what's great about this community. And so, you know, one of the accusations that I think bothered me the most was that it was like, well, if this person, you know, looked like you, uh, are you just attacking this person because he does, it does, they don't look like you, which is just another accusation, right? If this person looked like me, I'll be honest with you, I would have came harder and faster in a, in a long time ago. Because I, you know, the accusation is that, I, you know, if, if, if the person looked like me, that I'd be like, oh, uh, you got this sweet grift, high five, bro. No, absolutely not. <laughs> You're disrespecting the community, you know, and I, I, I think there's no place for it. And I think brands as a whole need to stop supporting bad um, influencers. I mean, I, I have multiple stories of, you know, influencers who get um, the, the, the red carpet, you know, rolled out for them and then turn around and completely disrespect the, the, the company. You know, um, I can give you some examples. You know, uh, last year in New York, there was a person who got like plane airfare, hotel, um, swag, meals, uh, all kinds of, you know, other benefits and turned around and cheated in the New York city marathon cheated, took like the subway or something. You know, you got another person who was in there that like all the same benefits. And, and by the way, this person Brooks loves decided he wasn't going to, the, the one requirement is to like, you know, wear, wear the certain singlet, right? You wear the brand singlet, that's, that's the only thing they ask from you. And this guy wears, you know, like his own stuff. He, he's, he's part of the LGBTQ plus community, you know, and so he's wearing the, you know, rainbow head headband and all that stuff, which is, which is great. But like you, you took stuff to run for a certain community and then, and then he turned out to be a real jerk, <laughs> but that's a dumb, another story. But like, it's just, it's just sort of irritating that that based on if someone has a following or that we're we're just supposed to look the other way. And I think those days are sort of should be behind us at this point. Um, uh, and so, you know, here we are. <laughs> yeah. So then I guess just to kind of clarify what happened. So Strava made a post about Latoya Snell mm-hmm. and you made a comment just saying basically that she's a grifter and everyone has evidence to prove that. And you can see it if you kind of go through her Instagram. Right. And then from there, she made a, like an Instagram live feed video, basically trying to call you out or whatever. And then she started contacting Brooks about it. Correct. Yeah. And then, and then Brooks was, Brooks said they were doing an investigation, which basically was them taking her side of the story. And well, they said to her, they were going to do it. They never said it to me. They never contacted me at all for, it was basically radio silence. I think this thing happened on like a Wednesday or Tuesday. I don't remember. Well, it might have been like early Wednesday, maybe. And anyways, yeah, he, uh, yeah, because it had to been Wednesday because I was I was here, and um, I flew I flew out of New York on Tuesday, 
So yeah, it was Wednesday. And then on basically on Friday, it's the first time I hear them. I got some panicked emails. They wanted to get it done before, I think before the veterans day holiday and, uh, you know, adios. <laughs> yeah. So, and then, so, so then on top of that, then you, I guess a couple of days later you had a call with Brooks and then from then you lost your ambassadorship with Brooks. Yeah. So I sent two emails. I think I sent one on Wednesday and then I sent another, I noticed that I was out of the Slack group without any kind of notice. So in, um, so the, this is a basically happens. Everything happens over a two day period. So Wednesday we have the little dust up. Uh, I make my video. I send a, a, an email to, um, to Brooks kind of explaining myself. Don't hear anything back. She's making videos saying, oh, Brooks has contacted me. Brooks is, says they're going to do an investigation. Well, either she's lying or, you know, or they did and they only talked to her. So if they did contact her, they didn't contact me. So, so then I notice, I think either Wednesday, I think it might've been Thursday. Thursday, I noticed, I sent another email. Uh, and it, it was is after I noticed I was removed from the Slack group without any kind of notice. So I figured, okay, so that's the writing on the wall, right? The, you know, your, your email shut off your, you know, your key, your access key doesn't work to the building anymore. So you sort of know what's coming. Right. And so I still don't hear anything. Then all of a sudden Friday at about three o'clock, I start getting emails from, um, the, the, the people who run that, that program wanting to, to, to jump on a call like right away. And there was like this sense of urgency to it. And I was out with my family having um, early dinner and kind of rewarding my son who's been working hard, catching up on some schoolwork. And so I wasn't going to really rush back because I already knew what was going to happen. So eventually we left, you know, and, you know, they were still in the office. So I just, I, I said, we must all be still there. I'm like, yep, we can get on in just a few minutes. So we got, we got on and they, um, yeah, they basically told me, uh, this is not a good call and you know, we're going to have to part ways. And you know, uh, so then I said like, okay, um, so am I, can I see what was actually said about me? Can I see what your, your investigation, you know, what, what you were presented and they refused, which seemed, um, like I said, uh, I, I think that's, that's pretty messed up. I think it, I think it's unethical really. How are you doing an investigation when you're not even contacting both sides that are being investigated? So the, the, the call was short. It was two minutes. Um, you know, I, I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't surprised by it. And uh, that, that was my biggest thing. So it, it, it took them two days to basically contact me. So then, I don't know. I just find it interesting that it, one, Latoya is not an athlete for them. They're not involved with her at all, as far right. as I know. Um, like Nothing I know of. Hoka is on, yeah, Hoka is their main sponsor. And she's own, they're owned by Deckers. Brooks is not owned by the same parent company. So like it's it's fascinating, or maybe that's not the right word, but it's interesting that they would just kind of like take her story at face value and just kind of like screw you over somebody who was on their team without even asking like, well, what happened? Like that just seems like the most basic courtesy there to... Okay, like what happened? Yeah, right? yeah, I don't know why. I don't. I can't quite put my finger on it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it it just comes down to you know, 
like I said, the, the ESG stuff and, you know, I think it's, I think it's probably motivated a lot out of fear. Um, it, you, you look at her account and you think like, oh, she's, she's got all these followers, you know, she's gonna, you know, create a big, you know, thing. And it, it really wasn't that big. I mean, I was, I was actually surprised. Yeah. It kind of shows that like, if you have supposedly like 70,000 followers or whatever, and only a few of them are actually active in defending you. It's like, do you have a real audience or is that like a paid for audience that you're using essentially to grift again, to get more like ambassadorships and sponsorship money and stuff. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, there, I, she gets a lot of articles written about her, but I mean, you, you, you look at it. Like I, I used to be, I, I had a lot of people who, whose job was kind of, you know, when I was younger, low level journalism and stuff like that. And I don't, I don't say low level to be, I'm just saying they're not like editors. They're, you know, beat writers and stuff like that. And a lot of times they, they ask them, you know, they, to go and find articles. So, you know, at face value, a journalist, you know, if, if someone reach out to them, I, I can see being able to get people to write articles. If you are persistent and kind of have a presentation that you kind of give people. So, you know, she, like she had somebody who wrote, you know, some feel good article about her afterwards. And I think one or two, you know, kind of uh, blogs that, you know, so I mean, it, I mean, it is what it is. I don't really expect journalists not to write, you know, puff pieces on things that check the boxes they think are the current thing. Um, I do, I do, uh, expect and hold brands that rely on, uh, our running community to respect the, the, the community can respect what we're, we're about. I mean, we're, we, we're, we're, in a, we're the endurance community. You know, we we're about getting out there and working and meeting at people, you know, where, wherever we're at. And we, we, we don't run to stay the same. We run to get better at what we're doing. You know, like you, you, you start one day, um, you know, on Monday, you know, if you run all week, you know, by the, by the next Monday, you should be better at running or you should be, you know, in better shape or you should be, you know, and that's all relative to the person, right? Like, you know, Meb Gafleski is going to, you know, his, his bar is different than mine and, and so on. So like, I'm totally fine with, with how, you know, no matter where a person's at, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'm the biggest cheerleader, uh, for people, you know, in this community, regardless of where you're at. Um, I just think, you know, just be a good person, you know, is really, I think my ultimate message. And I think brands need to stop, stop supporting bad people is really the, ultimately the, the message. I mean, I, my, my comment was not directed at her and you know, what, what, one of the things that concerned me in all of this was them not want, like was Brooks not wanting to, to share what was actually presented to them since this person has a history of making up emails and screenshots. So if you looked at the progression, you know, at first, the, you know, at first it started as why can't I, as a, you know, check all the boxes, celebrate walking a marathon. Well, I didn't say you can celebrate it. I just didn't think that Strava should be blowing this up when there's like tons more, tons of actual good stories of good people that they should focus on and, and double down. You got a person who doesn't actually log any miles, significant mileage on, on the, the platform. So then like you look even worse. So, you know, that, that concerned me was the fact that it, you know, it was like, I can't. Um, and, and so it wasn't one of those things where I was going to address all the accusations. Cause that's what it turned into. It turned into, well, you are doing this because of X and that's an accusation. I'm, I'm 
what I said was, was point blank what I said. Like it had nothing to do with, you know, what, regardless of what the person was, if I, if I saw that and you know, you're, when you're a person who's bullied a, a high school kid and I have a high school kid, I have a 16 year old, I have a junior right now. If there was some person on the internet that was bullying him to the point where I might find him, you know, had taken his own life, like that, that hit pretty close to me as a, as a dad, you know, for them to, for, for this to be a person that you're going to go and lift up, you know, in Brooks, like you sided with this person. So like, you know, and so, and then, and then, so then it came, then there was another there was another story she posted like after that that said this person's following me around all the all of the social media platforms and that was a complete and utter lie i mean i never i never even mentioned it on any other platform i i made the one she she made her 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 video that went on forever on instagram so i only felt it was right for me to make my own live video and i posted mine she did not um i posted mine and, you know, kind of explain who and what or why I did this. And, you know, that was, that was that. And then like a few days later, all of a sudden she's saying, well, I encountered online hate speech. So my mind is going like, how did this go from like, I, I'm, I'm a person who can't celebrate to this person's like harassing me and following me around the internet, which didn't happen. And then all of a sudden it's hate speech. So that's what concerned me about what Brooks was given. And I, and I wondered like, you know, what were, what were other people given? You know, is it, is, is this actually something I said or is this stuff that there's, you know, is she claiming I'm attacking her via DM and, you know, I I don't know. That's why I wanted to see what was said about me. I felt like that was a low expectation to have and Brooks refused. So, you know, that, that really is a disappointment. And I do want to make the caveat that I don't really have I love the, the 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 run the people in the run happy team. I think they are absolutely amazing. This this is purely based on this is a punch up situation. I'm not I, I don't have any out and I love the run happy team and all those guys. Those guys are great. This is purely about the billion dollar company that, you know, couldn't stand up to, you know, one person. Yeah, it's it's a weird climate we're in because I've been in similar situations where people make things up. And then people just take it. It's like, okay, that's true. And it's like, they never ask you like what really happened or, and you would think if they had a little bit of respect, they'd at least ask, okay, you've been with us for however long, like, let, let's talk about this because if it's true, it's important. But I think they're just afraid of any sort of like backlash or, or any sort of like negativity at all against their brands. He's they're just to like cut ties. Right. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I think they're, they're afraid and I think they shouldn't be afraid. Um, but, you know, this only gets better unless, you know, we start going back to, you know, being, you know, first off, having an integrity. If you're going to do an investigation, fine, do an investigation. I'm not afraid of an investigation. Like, talk to me. What what, what do you want to know? You know, like that, that conversation never happened. Um, if, if this was a court, this would have been tossed out. <laughs> you know, if the, yeah. if, the, if the police only, if the police came and arrested, arrested me refused to tell me what I was charged with and then put me on trial. And I'm like, I don't even, do I get to see the evidence? No, you don't get to see the evidence. You're just guilty. You know, wait, what? <laughs> like <laughs> I don't get to question my, my accuser. I don't get to see what was said about me. I don't get to see, I don't get any actual reasoning. I just get, no, you don't check the right boxes for us. You got, you, you got trumped by the ESG card. You know, that's, that's really what I think at the end of the day, what happened. 
you know yeah you know i I don't know i don't don't have another i don't have a better explanation i mean if 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 brooks wanted to be upfront and and straight about this i would have a better explanation but i don't so yeah and that's super frustrating because it's like you want to know what's going on and why and then if they're not willing to tell you or nor show you the evidence like that's just super frustrating and like i've seen it happen in like from multiple brands as well it's like okay like you're you're not diverse enough for this even though like you're a great member of a community we're gonna let you go and just and just kind of like sign somebody either as an ambassador athlete that just like you're saying checks the boxes and, well and you're seeing this with 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 race ambassadorships teams too i mean um i, I won't name any of the cities because i don't want to put anyone specifically on blast but you have you know large cities that have ambassador teams and the the ambassador team doesn't really match the demographics of the community you know which i think i thought was the the whole purpose of a lot of this you know a lot of this stuff you know if you have you know a break if you have a whatever the breakdown is of the various groups shouldn't you have an ambassador team that that more or less matches that you know like that's that seems to be something I, I, another trend that I've seen really only in the last two years, like it wasn't a big problem. Like 19, 18, 2018, 2019, it seems like a huge, like a big, like this is the current fad, the current thing, as I call it the current thing. Um, and it's, it's pretty obvious, you know, it's like, okay, so, you know, you got 35, you know, ambassadors and you got, you know, one white guy, <laughs> And you have a 40%, you know, white, um, population in that, in that given city. It seems like you're, you're doing something there, you know, and I just use that for that, but it could be any, obviously it has to go down all the, all the, the, um, um, demos. I see like, I know lit kind of eyeball testing it. I, the Hispanic population was getting, uh, pretty decimated in the the those those groups where sometimes it was like they were doing really good and then there was a couple of recent because i kind of was i kind of eyeball test it and then i go like i wonder what the i wonder what the demo of that city is right look at it and you're like hmm, yeah okay and what's kind of funny about that too because i've seen that as well it's like okay we have this group and it's like we just want to be diverse and inclusive and it's like well you're you're not representing necessarily that city or that area or even the running community. And, and then I don't know, cause it, it's interesting to me because I feel like people that are pushing this excessive diversity and inclusion are also always talking about equity and equity and equity. It's like, okay, well, if you really believe in equity and like granted there's a difference between equality and equity, like I'm sure we both know, but like you would reflect the, the sponsorship ambassadorship numbers based strictly off demographics. And so, like, say you live in a city with 10% Hispanics, it's like, well, 10% of your run group would be Hispanic and 20% black and whatever, 40% white. Yeah, whatever the makeup was, right? Yeah, yeah. like, that would be the ultimate inequity. But it's like, there's like a disconnect or just some hypocrisy there when it's like, we want everybody to be or to have this equity and blah, blah, blah. And then we're not even promoting it. We're just kind of like pushing inflated numbers, kind of like, I don't even know. It's almost just like, trying to brag almost like, Oh, Hey, we're super inclusive. And we're these white people that are just really, really inclusive. And it's not even reflective of the world or the community. And it's just kind of absurd. Yeah. Well, I I thought it was funny, you know, like Brooks gave everyone, um, 
they gave every every ambassador the like this uh, shirt that said uh, "Freedom to be you," and I I kind of got a chuckle thinking about it yesterday because I was like, really? Or freedom? Some people have freedom to be them. Other people have yeah. to be different, you know. So, uh, I mean, ultimately, like I I I feel I I'm actually kind of relieved um, that the this this thing number one this thing happened. Um, so. Like I said, the positivity from it has been really, really, I've gotten nothing but mostly positive. And the people who um, did come at me were very, uh, it was very robotic. It was like, I kind of felt like, um, like Neo when he's, when, when all those bullets come and he, or, or when he, when he, when he finally figures out how to fight the Smiths and it, he's almost bored with it. Like, yeah. That's kind of what, what it felt. Cause it was like, like, this is such a, this is such a desperate attack. It's such a you're making there, they were, they were reaching so far, you know, I think, um, Steve Magnus, I don't know if you're familiar with him. Um, he's great. You can, uh, he's on Twitter. He has quite a few books. Uh, he, I mean, props to this guy. He's, he's the one guy who basically was inside the Oregon project and, um, went and basically said, Hey, this, there's some stuff going, it's not right here. And, you know, so you can almost, you can almost count him as being the, the kind of the tip of the spear of the fall of uh, Salazar and uh, them, but he, he wrote he, his, his Twitter is really a really good one to follow. Um, and he, he, he talked about, you know, what social media is to certain people. And, and, and I don't know the exact quote, but he basically said, there's some people where it's like social media is only an outrage machine. Like they don't have other, any other mode. And the only move is to be more outraged. Right. So you, that's how this thing, and, and I think I retweeted it. Uh, I don't know the exact quote, but the, <laughs> and basically like, that's what happened. It was like something relatively docile was said that was true. It was then amplified into something else, but then that wasn't good enough. So it had to get amplified. It got amplified like three times that, that suddenly like, you know, one legit criticism turned into like, you know, I'm, I'm wearing a hood and burning crosses and stuff. I mean, that's just not, that wasn't what, what, that wasn't where I was at. That wasn't why I said it, you know, and, you know, it became a, a thing about motives, you know, and I think that's, that's where a lot of people live with social media. And that's why I think a lot of people just aren't on social media. It's, it creates an alternate reality for, for, for many people and they just don't want to deal with it. You know, I, I, it, it, you go on Twitter, regardless if it's Elon or the one before, and it's like, the, the the craziness of how nasty people can be and 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 towards people that like there's a guy that i follow um zuby music i believe he is zuby he's he he, he was notable <laughs> he 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 became not uh, very notable because he did this um thing where he was kind of making fun of the I don't know what the right word is for it, but basically, you know, the, the trans community with the men and, you know, go competing in women's sports. So he, he tried to make the point where, you know, he, he deadlifted and beat like the UK cause he's in the UK, the UK female deadlifting championship. And he, and, and the video is basically him saying, um, I, uh, you know, I'm going to deadlift this and crush thing. And as I do this, I'm identifying as a woman. And then he goes, don't be a bigot. And then does it. And like, it blows up. He, he's, he's, he's a great musician. I love him. But you know, he, he, this guy, he, he all through 2020, 2021, he would say the most, um, basic observable, 
you know, insights. He, he didn't have, he, he, he didn't consider himself political, but they would just be basic. And the, the amount of venom this guy would get the, the accusations, like, I mean, it was, it was insane. He, he, he would just say, I mean, it's anything about, you know, obviously that, that certain virus, <laughs> I don't want to mess up any algorithms by using certain words, but you know, that certain virus that we all know and, and the remedy that everybody was being high, strongly encouraged and sometimes forced to take, you know, he, he was making basic observations because it was like, you know, he said it was about health and you're shutting down all the gyms, you know, he said, you know, all these things, but he, it wasn't like he, he was making really, really super strong stances, but it's like the basic facts were so offensive to to certain belief systems that they, the only move they had was just, you know, was, was just attack, was just outrage, was just, you know, like he got the same accusations, right? Like he's, he's, he's into fitness. And so it was like, you know, you don't like, you're, you know, you're trying to fat shame or body shame people or whatever. And it's just like, he's just saying like, I mean, we, we know now that like, basically like the biggest killer of the of people in the United States is heart disease. It still killed more people than that's than that, than that virus. And we know that the causes of that makes you high risk of, of heart disease, of diabetes and, and of Lot, a lot of other things. This, this is just a this is just a fact, and it makes you a bigger risk of of complications from that certain virus. So, um, in, in the middle of this, you have Latoya Snell wearing shirts that say "promoting obesity," and then she and then I think it said like something like whatever the comment section says. But like my my issue with that is like it's unhealthy. In the middle of this, we should be encouraging people to get outside. To you know, even if you can't run, go walk, walk. Walk, walk around the block, walk a mile. If you're, if you're overweight, like it puts you, that's, that was one of the best defenses against, you know, what was going on. And like the average person during that time gained, I think pound and a half a month. I mean, I did, I was out of shape. I, I was, you know, the first, my first race back, I kept thinking they were going to pull, pull it back. And you know, I did, I did horrible. Of course it didn't help that it was superhuman in Chicago, but, um, you know, with, with this person, their, their brand, excuse me, their brand literally has a podcast that is, has fat in the name. Like the brand of Latoya Snell is, she's very adamant about it. It's, it's, she calls herself fat chef. So when you do that, you're, you're basically saying, Hey, you know, like I, this is who I am. This is, this is what I'm about. And in, in, and in the video rants that she did, she was talking, she wanted people to feel sorry that she was going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to lose my mobility. Like she says it like as a certainty and you know, like it's like as a, you know, person in the running surrounded by people in the endurance community, like if there's only some way you could stop that, you know, but no one can sell, tell this to her. No one will tell this to her. So hopefully that wasn't too hard. <laughs> No, no, I mean, I, I totally agree. And like, Razubi, it's interesting because I remember that whole thing we did. And it, it's kind of funny, but it's also like he's just pointing out the obvious truth there. And I think he also got banned from Twitter. I don't know if he still is banned for saying, okay, dude, because he's the okay dude guy, right? Oh, no, no. He, yeah. That was, that was, temp- that was temporary. I know that oh, was like okay. a song. Yeah. Yeah. There was, uh, yeah, like a, I think a trans person who said something like, 
you know, I sleep with more women than you do. And he said, oh, he just responded, okay, dude. And then I said, well, you misgendered him. And that was, yeah. that was the accused. But then like, of course, there was this huge backlash because it was so, such a, like I said, such a, like a docile response, you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, honestly, at this point, like if, if I have group of people, like male or female, like I, I use dude all the time. Like <laughs> I'm in California. We do that. We say, you know, so I don't even know that that's a heavily gendered, you know, word, but like he said, okay, yeah. dude. And like, you know, like that, that, you know, but I mean, the, the problem is, is like at this point you're, it's, it's just, like I said, the problem is, is disingenuous, genuineness where, you know, like they know that was a, a, a mild comment. They knew that was, that was not, you know, some, you know, over the top offensive thing that he said, but when you want certain people to stop telling the truth, they'll do whatever they can to, to, to make you quiet. And so, you know, um, uh, they kind of failed in this case as I think I got, um, I got, I got louder. <laughs> I've kind of went at it at a different way. And I really appreciate you, you know, noticing, uh, what happened and, and, you know, actually giving me an opportunity to talk because, you know, the reason I, I did my video was because I was like, Oh, I, I make a three sentence comment and like, you get to talk for 35 minutes <laughs> and speculate about, I mean, cause how do you talk about, how do you talk about something and someone you don't know for 35 minutes? I can't do it. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we've talked here for, I think I couldn't talk for 35 minutes all about, about you because it's mostly been me talking. Right. I mean, I know you're a trail runner and you live in Arizona and, <laughs> and that type of thing, but I mean, unless I'm making things up. Right. So yeah, no, that's a really good point. Like, like how, how can she make like a 35 plus minute video that wasn't even directed, your comment wasn't even directed at her based off of like very little knowledge about you unless you're just kind of fabricating things, which is, which is super frustrating. And I think in the end, like the truth will kind of come to light and people will realize that what she's saying is not true or genuine. But it, it also makes me think though too, it's like, why do you think people are so afraid of like hearing the truth because it's like we live in society now where it seems like everyone's really fragile and they want to live almost like just ignorant of everything and just be happy. Like I guess a good example would be like, I just want to take like drugs all day. So I don't feel reality. But like when you <laughs> kind of think about that, like with like the truth, for example, people would rather hear lies all day and be happy than to know like exactly what's going on. Like that's how I feel about it anyways. Well, yeah. I mean, I think, I think for the most part, most people just want to be left alone and um, you, you used to be able to do that, you know, uh, you know, I was growing up as a kid in the, you know, I, I was, I grew up in eighties, but like nineties was when I was a teenager, you know, uh, politics wasn't jammed in our face, you know, it just, it wasn't something that, you know, and now it's like, it's gotten to a point where like, I've seen so many people who are like, I just wanted to be left alone, but it seems like I can't. And now I have to be involved. And I saw that in a lot of like local stuff in my area. And I met so many people who were like, I, I, I just wanted to like go about my business. I thought, you know, politics was stupid. I didn't want to be involved in it, but like, apparently I can't because, you know, they, they felt like they allowed, you know, basically bad people, bad leadership got, got, you know, we had a lot of those problems here in LA. I mean, they, they, they were trying to bring back the mask thing in LA County, like a few months ago. And, you know, literally, you know, it, it took like just regular people getting mad since signing, 
signing a uh, petition and stuff like that. I mean, people are kind of fed up with it because you have, you have the, the people, a lot of these people that are pushing this have vested interest in, in stirring up fear, making people fear changes the way people think. If you're afraid of something, you view it differently. Like you'll, you'll see these people and I've seen them on social media before where it's like, you got some, you know, Karen at a, at a, you know, supermarket or something that does something and, you know, maybe she's acting, acting, being a jerk or whatever, but you know, you'll have another person who'll stick a camera in their face and be like, you know, I'm going to cancel you. And then then that other person will just freak out and start like screaming and crying and like, you know, basically turn into thing because now they're afraid. They're afraid that like all of a sudden things are going to come at them and, you know, people are going to say and do, uh, you know, I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, it's self-preservation, right? So, you know, I think it was one of those things where I didn't really, wasn't really trying to kick this hornet's nest, but at the same time, I wasn't necessarily trying to avoid it. And I have probably enough experience locally, especially uh, being involved in my community that, you know, I know most of these people are paper tigers when they, when they come at it, they, they feel like I'm, this person's easy to touch. So I'm going to try to. And so, um, you know, I mean, you look at the, those parents that had that like six year old run the marathon. You right? Did you see that story? You didn't see that you there anyways. So, uh, you have this, these parents that like had this six year old, uh, who ran an entire marathon. He was crying and, you know, the, apparently there was, there was people that were like, Oh, this is great. And then you had other people that were just super mad and they were, you know, calling for the kid to be taken away. They were calling for, I mean, there was this, this huge divide in, in the running community about this story. And so, you know, I, I I mean, you know, if if I read something in the newspaper and, you know, years ago, I didn't have a way to tell that person they were dumb or I didn't like them or I disagreed with what they did. I didn't have a way. Now, now people have that and they feel like this is empowering to them. Did I lose yeah, you? Social media okay, there, there you are. Sorry, I was on mute earlier. Oh, okay. That's um, yeah. Like it definitely gave people more of a voice, like the everyday person. Because in the past it was like, okay, you have to have a newspaper or be a contributor to the newspaper or something. So there's a huge barrier to entry. And now it's like anybody, like any moron can go on Twitter and write something and it could not make any sense at all, but they can still publish it. and. Like, I guess um, it's like me right now, like that's definitely giving me a voice because I'm able to like, communicate via YouTube or social media and stuff. And right. And I think that like with that powers so that you do sounds kind of cheesy because it's like Spider-Man or whatever, but like you have that responsibility then to like, okay, you say something or you do something and you promote it. People are going to backlash at you no matter what, whether it's good or bad. And Well, and I think we, we, we definitely, we have a lot of, people talking. We have a lot of people, a lot of moving parts going on uh, on the internet now. And we do need things like algorithms to help, you know, with dangerous situations. You have people who go and do violent crimes and they, they live stream it and stuff like that. I mean, obviously there needs to be some safeguards, but the problem that I think a lot of people have is, is the people putting those into um, those, those algorithms in effect have clear biases. And what they, what they define as maybe dangerous or, you know, like, like we know in 2020, 2021, 
questioning, questioning, um, you know, mRNA uh, treatment for that certain virus, you know, was like, there was no debate. I mean, I mean, basically I had to get, I had to get one before I would, I ran Chicago because it was the city thing. And I wasn't, I, I didn't want it. I was, I had already had, I had already had it and it, it honestly wasn't a big deal to me. Um, I understand that's not the case with everybody. Um, so I'm not at all. I'm just telling you my experience, not, not saying that like, it's not a big deal. People get it. Just saying that in my, in my thing, it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. My son got it also same thing. We, it was, it was not great, but it was like a, a four day thing for me anyway. So I have the, the thing and, and like a month later I have to get, I have to get the, the, the jab because it's required by, I think it was New York at the time. And I knew I was going to New York. So I just got it done because I didn't want, when I had to get it, I was basically running Chicago. So I had to get it before Chicago. So, you know, I got it and I was only required to get one. So that's all I got. Cause I basically couldn't do anything in New York at that time in 2021. Um, and then, you know, they forced me to get it again earlier this year before, um, Boston. And, I basically told them, you know, Hey, um, you know, like they, they were like, Oh, you know, they use the whole stop the spread thing. And I'm like, that's been debunked a long time ago. Like this isn't about anybody, but, but you know, anyways, so I basically got it April 1st and at, on April 1st, there was no, and they kept saying, well, it was required by Massachusetts, by Boston, by the city of Boston and all this stuff. And it wasn't, it was dropped at that point. And so I questioned them and said, look, you know, I had, when I got the, when I got it, for Chicago, like it was worse than actually getting the virus. It was, it was far worse. Like I had the, the metal in the mouth. I had like, Oh, it was, I, I give me, give me the virus over, over this any day of the week. So I was not looking forward to doing it again. And I told him like, I had complications. This was awful for me. And they're like, Oh, if you ask a doctor, they didn't take my word for it. No, I had to get to go get a doctor to sign off to, you know, and I, I didn't go to a doctor. I got the jab. I dealt with, with the stuff and like saying, well, Fast forward, I get it. I get it April 1st because the BAA tells me I have to. And a week after Boston, I get, um, I get shingles for the first time, but I didn't know I had shingles. And that was like a two week thing. I mean, I had like eye infection and that's actually part of shingles. Cause you kind of get the, the symptoms are inside before they're out. And then, yeah, all of a sudden, like I thought I woke up one morning and I had just gotten, um, a whoop band. I don't know if you're familiar with whoop, but yeah. so I, I, I was getting good sleep and all of a sudden whoop one day tells me, and I was mad. I thought they were broken. They told me, um, my, my, uh, recovery was like 20% or something like that. And I got mad. I was like, this thing's broken. Like I got great night's sleep. I slept, you know, whatever amount of hours and I was relatively new to it. I know it turned out that, that that's when like the shingles showed up and I, they were relatively, I had a relatively mild case, but it did, you know, like they're, they're, you know, the, the problem is, is like you're telling people they have to take, take something and, you know, they wanted to, the, the people that put this out, there were so many mixed, um, uh, conflicting interests. People were making money, you know, and, like the the big farm companies did not want to put out the their 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 research. They said like, oh, well, we'll put it out over in fifty five years. And a judge came back and said, no, 
You're going to put it out now. <laughs> then it turned out that he said, no, you got 18 months to release everything. The first document dump, dump had nine pages of side effects, potential side effects, not necessarily. So, you know, we go and listen to any anything on the TV and it tells you, my kid makes fun of it. He's like, oh, you know, this will fix your, your skin condition, but, you know, you might have diarrhea, diarrhea and suicidal thoughts. <laughs> he always makes fun of me like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> you got clear skin now, but you want to kill yourself because probably because you're, you know, you can't get off the toilet. But so <laughs> sorry to be graphic, but yeah, I mean, it's just that, like, that's where we're at right now. Like you can't, yeah. you can't question it. You, you know, you just have to go along with it. You know, I, I had to take, you know, thank God it didn't affect, you know, actually finishing Boston. I, I had basically held in the next few weeks um, after that, because, you know, I don't know about you, but after I finish like an intense run, I usually get sick. So like, you know, I, I had it, you know, and shingles is, is, is a virus that you already have. It just becomes manifest. You know, it's actually in your nervous systems, which all the little like, um, things that's, those are nerve endings. Like mine, mine, all, I thought, I actually thought it was a, I thought I got, I thought like a mosquito went to town on me and then it, <laughs> it, 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 it took me about 18 hours to figure out like, I was like, I think I got shingles. And oh, crazy. my wife goes like, no, no, no. I was like, no, no, no. And I start, she goes, no, no, I saw a guy who had it. It was like, like this. And he, she, she like, and I go, well, so I go and Google it. And sure enough, all the pictures are every, everything is right there. Yeah. All, every picture looked like what I had. And I'm like, yeah, sure. There were some bad ones, but like there's different degrees of it, obviously, but you know, so I don't know how the hell we got <laughs> shingles, but I think we're just talking about, about the, the culture of, of fear and just what, what we're able to, to talk about, you know, safely. And, and, and I'm, I'm happy that we're able to talk about this now. You know, it was one of those things where we just sort of had to whisper and be like, yeah, man, this is, this is, this is not cool. You know, and I, I would, you know, talk to, to friends and just say, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully we can get back to a place where people are allowed to tell the truth and we're allowed to have you know, honest conversations and, um, yeah. <laughs> How do you think we, we can get back to that time then of being able to have a discussion with opposing views and just being uh, not, I guess we're kind of like idealizing probably the past, but like, it just seems like in the past, like up until pretty recently, it's like you could have a discussion with somebody who say you're left, someone's right. And you could talk about differences and then carry on. But now it's like everything's super polarized. And then it's like you make some kind of innocuous comment and people lose their minds and people have been canceled and lose their jobs and careers and right. they've been uh, unaccredited. What would you call that? You lose like say your medical license or something. And right. like, that, that's pretty insane because like you could ruin someone's life and it's not just like, oh, hey, they don't have a job. It's like they don't have a job and they're going to die now. Like that's that's like pretty close to just killing somebody. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's a weird climate, right? So we shifted from getting most of our our stuff via, you know, like the TV and newspapers and that the newspapers were kind of the, the, the public forum, but usually that ended up like, especially, you know, like 12 before social media, it usually relegated to the town cranks and just, you know, yelling about whatever they were into at the time, you know, whoever they supported or whatever. Um, and, and then, you know, so when social media started, it was pretty, um, it was pretty promising, you know, like, like most things. I mean, it was like when Yelp first started, it was, I felt like it was, oh, here, here's a, here's a thing that, you know, um, you know, people can give their honest opinion about, you know, a place to eat, you know, 
or a whatever establishment. And then it slowly turned into like, people got off on like tearing down businesses. <laughs> you, you could just tell like sometimes, and, and you got this, this mix, right? So I always have to read, like I go and if, if a person writes a negative, I'll, sometimes I'll go and look at like, okay, so this person, that's all they do is when they get mad, they, you know, light up a place on Yelp. So it's like, it doesn't matter what the forum is. It seems like things start to, people start putting their thumbs on the conversation. And, and part, part of it is like, yeah, sure. There are, there are, you know, bad, there are people abuse social media and you obviously someone has to come in and play referee sometimes because you do call, you do cause problems. I think, you know, we're seeing this, this, this problem with this thing with, with Elon right now, where they're like, Oh, he's, he's not allowing these people and that people and, and making all these accusations. They're doing exactly on a, on a larger scale. What, what was trying to be done for me saying what I said, um, to, to Elon, he like he's had to reiterate a few times, like m- multiple times. If you call for any kind of violence on this platform, you're done. He had to, and he's had to correct multiple people, and they act like there's this whole there's this shift where it's like we went from you know v- violence is violence, and you know growing up it was like sticks and stones may break my bones sort of generation to you know if you say something I don't like. And I feel attacked, that is actual violence, and I can respond however I want. Rather than responding with either ignoring it, because that used to be the advice my mom would give me when I was growing up. It was just, if you don't like them, just ignore them, you know, or you don't like what they said, just ignore them, you know, which obviously my, my kid, what's funny is I run a marketing company and we do a lot of digital marketing and stuff like that. And um, my kid hates social media. He has no, he has nothing, no social media. He's, he's a junior in high school. He doesn't have a TikTok. I mean, I don't, I don't really want him to have a TikTok. He doesn't, he, he doesn't have a TikTok. He doesn't have an Instagram. And he's got a, he's really good. He's got a good eye. So I've always said like, you should just get an anonymous Instagram and put your pictures up there. Like you you really got a good eye. You know, he's like, nope, hate it. It's drama. <laughs> you know, doesn't have a Twitter, no Facebook. I mean, but, I mean what is Facebook now? It's like for old people. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I go on there and it's just, it's like grandma's and you know, pair other parents that I know there's no kids. Um, so I don't know how we get back there. Uh, I mean, part of it, I think is, I think what Elon Musk is doing is, is helping. Cause like, there's definitely some people that, that need the platform, but there's a problem when you're, you're taking down, you know, people who say relatively docile things and you're leaving up, you know, known, known, uh, violent groups, in the, in, in the world and allowing them to basically recruit and do whatever they want. And there just seems to be different rules for different people. And, you know, that, that's an, I think that's an issue. And I think if, if well, I think we saw, we saw a good, we saw a shift where there was a lot more parents. And I saw this in our community where a lot more parents were interested in small, you know, positions in their community. Cause I think every, you know, everyone focuses on big, big politics. It's like, they, they really care when it's the president. It's like, it's that top down. But the reality is I think we've had this shift because of we, everyone has seeded the small games, right? They've seeded, you know, how you get to the top is by that, that bad actor that got to be, you know, governor of a state or something. They started small, you know, most likely they started at like a city council or they started at, you know, a water board or a, a school board or some, you know, place like that and work their way up. So if you wanted to stop this person, you probably should have stopped them when they first got there. 
And it gets much harder once a person grows and their name ID grows. And, you know, I mean, everything, ultimately this rises and falls on leadership. There has to be a culture change in, in, you know, I think political circles that debate is okay. And let's have an honest conversation instead of having it be straw man arguments. <laughs> you are this, therefore you believe this, that, and the other, and I'm going to go ahead and beat that up. I mean, that's really what a straw man argument is. It's when you go and you tell somebody, and that's what, what, Latoya and them were doing, they were saying, you are these, this, and that means, you know, you believe this, 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 and this. And then they go and they prove, they go and beat that, that caricature they just created up, you know, and that's, and that's really where we're at in like every aspect of it. (laughs) It's, if you, if you, you know, like Chris Pratt, they, they come after this guy. It's like, is he even? He's, he's never even really said anything very political. And like, you know, I think, remember he he wore like the, uh, don't tread on me shirt. It was black. It was, I don't even know. They were like, you know, that's, they started making up stuff about that. And it was like, I mean, I remember when that was like on the cover of one of the hottest albums ever, Metallica black album. Right. Remember when that thing was just huge in the, in 92. I mean, no one attacked them and said, you know, oh, this is, you know, so I mean, I have that, I have that shirt and it's, it's totally about Metallica, but it, it, you know, I mean, when, when James Hetfield had to, had to leave San Francisco because he's like, he said it became insufferable. Basically he moved, I think to Colorado or something like that. But you know, we were seeing people shift because of, of this. And I, I think in certain areas, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. And it's, I think it's sad. Yeah, and it really is. And like, I, I wish we could just go back to like, this is all go trail run or run and, and not right. worry about politics. Cause like, that's, I mentioned this the other day in another show I was doing with somebody, but like, the whole reason I even kept running is because people were just so nice. Like, I ran my first 25K, I knew nothing about running. It's just like, oh, like everyone in college runs, so I'm going to go run. And then people were just really cool and supportive and helpful. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like, what a cool community. Yeah. I mean, you got that. That was, I mean, that was the best thing about New York was experience like it was funny when i got to you know after the race you know my my friend robert you know he 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 saw he saw how much i struggled and so he came with these like tales of like you know and so i I didn't say anything to my wife and basically you know she goes like why is everyone like asking if you're okay and i was like she's like why didn't you tell me that you you know you had such a hard time and and i'm like it's a marathon. It's always a hard time. And I'm sick. Yeah. Like, what do you expect? I thought it was baked in, you know, but you know, the community, um, was so overwhelming. I mean, and you look, it's like, you got 50,000 people running, you got over a million people out there. I didn't see, I didn't, I didn't, it was just human interaction. It's probably one of the the, the best things you can do because there was no, like, I, I mean, I got high fives from everybody. I'm pretty sure I got high fives from you know, uh, every, every political group, uh, every, every checkbox, right? Like I, I didn't care. Like we were, I got cheered on by everyone and, you know, like I was given waves and, you know, just everyone was, was amazing. And it's, it's entire, I mean, you really gotta, you should, if you, if you can't run a marathon, at least go and, and, and experience one of these big ones. New York is probably one of the best, uh, as far as, um, just, just the environment. It's, it's totally different. It's not like, uh, what, what people typically think of New York. They usually think New York is sort of this hustle and bustle, you know, Hey, you don't got your order next, next, let me know when you got your order. 
you know, sort of situation. And it's not, it's like, everyone's cheering you on. I had my name across my, my singlet and like, I I've never heard my name so many times, you know? And you know, I, I wasn't, it didn't matter if I was, if I was walking, if I was almost thrown up, I mean, people were still like, you can do this. Come on, you can do this. So, you know, like that, that camaraderie is, is something that, you know, is hard to find these days. And I don't know where you find it. I mean, you, you, you can't, you can, you might be able to find it at like a sporting event, like a football game or a baseball game, but also, you know, like I'm, I live in LA here and, uh, <laughs> we've had people that have been paralyzed or like been, have been put in comas and stuff at baseball games. And, you know, you don't see that, you, you don't see people breaking out in fights at, you know, runners breaking out in fights and, you know, I'm sure that it's probably happened, but I, I've never seen it. So, I mean, I think that's one of the, one of the encouraging things about our community. And it's why I think that, that, you know, like I've said before, running is the greatest sport on the planet. Um, I think it, you know, you can't, you name another sport where you can do it your entire life. You don't even have to have legs to do it. Um, doesn't matter what, you know, where, what, what your body looks like, what your body, what your body shape, how, you know, what you are, um, what, you know, like I said, what age, you know, you, you would name another sport where you get to go and, and be on the same, uh, course or same field as, as an Olympian or as a professional. And that happens when I was in New York, like when, you know, if you're running New York, you're, you're there and there's, there's Olympians that are running. There are people who are running to qualify. I don't know. I don't think they're trying to qualify for, I don't know if it's an Olympic qualifier, uh, but anyways, there, there's people trying to qualify for Boston. There's people that are just trying to get the PR. There's people that are just running to try to finish their first marathon. Like everyone has their own story. You have 50,000 people and 50,000 stories and 50,000 reasons why they're, why they're there, you know? And I think, you know, you, you got people that are dressed up as, you know, there's a guy dressed up as Spider-Man, you know, there's you know, people that got funny stuff written on their shirts, you know, the, the signs are hilarious, you know, it's, 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 it's an intoxicating experience. And I think, you know, like everyone should probably experience this. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, this is, it's so interesting and inspiring to be at, at a marathon, like be there at the finish line. You see people like you see the elites come in at like 210 or, or faster, which is just incredible. Like to run a marathon, like 205 or something like that's his most mind blowing thing ever to watch. But then you watch the last people come in under the official time limit. That's just as inspiring. And it's, it's cool to see people go out and, and just be so supportive of each other. And, and within trail running specifically, it's cool to see like, because granted, these races go on a lot longer than a marathon, like time-wise. And you see a guy that'll finish it and then he'll come back out, like he'll win it and come back to the finish line and watch the last place people come in. And no right. one's like, oh, like, oh, that last place person, like they suck at running. It's like, no, it's rad that you finished this gnarly race or something. It's just people are very supportive and it's cool. Yeah, I mean, I saw a guy who did the whole marathon, I think in 2019, and he did it um, like in a wheelchair backwards, like for whatever reason, I, I don't know what, what, the, what the story was, but I was like, I'm impressed. Like <laughs> I know how long that is. And I mean, how, how people even get up the West Queensboro bridge in a wheelchair at all is, you know, very impressive to me. Um, that, that's a, that's a, that's, that's the roughest part of the, of the race for me. But, um, yeah. <laughs> well, cool. It was cool to hear your story and, um, your side of things and, and talk about cancel culture a little bit because I think it is a major problem. And I, I think the only real solution to anything is just talking about, about things, even if we disagree with people about it, whether it's it's the virus you mentioned a few times or 
just other like kind of less interesting issues like within running or whatever like it's important to talk about things and listen to people because i think like no matter what you can always glean information from somebody whether or not you, you disagree with them or agree with them you're going to find things that are interesting and maybe change your view or or just open up your eyes to like a side you'd never heard of before yeah i mean for me personally like i, I know like when i got i got into running was in high school and stuff like that but you know running really changed the, the community as a whole changed uh, what it in my mind, I had, I had a huge paradigm shift, um, in 2018 when I, when I first finished, um, when I first started training for my first marathon and, you know, I had an, I had an assault in 2013, you know, that's, that's really part of my story. That's why like when I, when I post, I usually put run positive because usually people say like, you know, body positive, positive and stuff like that. So I was like run positive because running healed me. I had an assault. I, I, I don't know if you can tell that uh, I don't know if this is video or not, but I have, I have, in, if you look close on my, um, left side, I have seven, I had seven broken bones in my face. I basically was jumped outside my house and suffered from PTSD. You know, I still have ramifications from that. And, you know, I, I don't think I would probably be alive if it wasn't for running. And, you know, like there's stories like that. I'm not the only one you know, running, actually doing endurance sports, somebody who suffers from PTSD usually has a lack of, I forget what the exact protein is in the brain, but running and doing an endurance, like any, any endurance sports actually, uh, produces that, uh, protein, which helps, um, heal from and heal the brain. And so, you know, like I didn't actually realize that until I was like a good six months in that, like, there's actual science of why, you know, what running does to you. There's, there's, there's science for that, what they call the runner's high. There's like, it, it's, it's an amazing, you know, experience. And it, and it, and it makes me, you know, want to get back. That, I mean, that's why I'm running London marathon for charity. Actually, tomorrow's giving Tuesday. So, you know, I'm running for the Royal society for blind children. And, you know, I wasn't able to run that. Um, I, I started raising money for that. Um, in uh, last year. And then we had a family emergency. Um, uh, my wife's uh, mom had a re rehash of a, of a, a tumor, uh, in her brain. So, um, we, she's, she's doing great. Um, we couldn't ask for a better, but it happened, you know, right before, right before that. And that, that made, so I had to push it. So now I'm, I had to defer it. So we're, I'm raising money again for them. And, uh, you know, would love uh, any support for that from uh, your guy, your listeners and stuff like that. For sure. And speaking of that, um, where can people find you? You have a YouTube channel and Instagram and obviously a Twitter. So. <laughs> oh yeah. So uh, on Instagram, I am a N eight, the number eight I, so Nate, I dot run. That's also my, um, my uh, domain um, and my YouTube channel. Uh, is an eight I run, so it's slash run. Um, let's see. Uh, for my charity thing, it's n eight I dot run slash fundraising. That it will redirect to my my fundraising page. So um, we are. Uh, I think I'm about forty percent from last time. So I'm hoping to to get over that hump before April. But um, yeah, and then on on Twitter, I'm n eight I, just n eight I. You follow me if you you want to hear me talk about running and uh, a lot of Packers commentary. (laughs) 
<laughs> a lot of crossover there, right? Between running and Packers. <laughs> a little, little bit. I, I want to run the Fox, the Fox River Marathon, which it, I, I think goes through our ends in Green Bay. They have the Green Bay Marathon, but I don't know, maybe. <laughs> Fox River sounded more fun. For sure. Well, cool, man. It was it was good chatting with you and I'm hearing everything and um yeah, hope things go well for you and I'll I'll give you a follow. Okay, excellent. Thanks for having me. Cool. And uh yeah, for sure. We'll talk soon. All right, man.